Hey there, welcome to Cageless, a conversation podcast about experiential wisdom and personal hope. I'm Jenny Johnson. I'm a writer and I'm asking experts, thought leaders, and my friends to share their knowledge and tools on how they found freedom. Welcome to season one. Um, today we have a really, really cool girl. And you know what? I've always hated the term cool girl, but she actually really lives into the positive connotation of that. Um, hi, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. You're the coolest ever. You're like my internet big sister. I am Malvika. I am Mal Talks on TikTok. And that's how we met. We met becoming TikTok mutuals, which is like the crazy Westworld internet. I know. Well, thank you for coming on. Okay, so tell me, tell all of us, for those of us that don't follow you yet, where are you right now? What are you doing? I am in Boston. I'm a senior in college, finishing up my last semester of college, which is terrifying and giving me a lot of crises about growing up and becoming a real world adult. Um, But I'm studying engineering. I really like it. I'm hoping to go to grad school in the fall. So I'm figuring out a lot of stuff about transitions and moving and having to make new friends in the in the world without like having classes and stuff like that. I started posting on TikTok because I love reading books and listening to podcasts. And you know how after you read something or listen to it, you're like, I need to talk about this with people. Yeah. Like I, I need to dissect this. Um, yeah. So I started posting about books I read and I was like, I need other girls to read this and tell me their thoughts so we can chat about it. And that's kind of where my content took me. Oh my gosh, isn't it the coolest thing? Yeah. So I think that it is safe to say um, that you've probably been on the internet since you can remember. Yeah. Like, because TikTok is is moderately new. Um, do you remember like the first type of account that you created? Was it MySpace? Was it Twitter? What 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 was it? When oh was my it? God. It was. I had a Gmail account. And everyone would Gmail chat, which I remember was like such a thing. And I think it was called Buzz. It was like Google Buzz was the first social media I was ever on. And it closed down. It it was like a one year weird space in time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Gmail chats. And then I don't know if you ever had that phase in like late middle school of Ask FM, which was just like a place where people were bullied. That was the entire point of it. I mean, people Mm -hmm. could just send you anonymous messages, which is insane. Who was the person that came up with that? Because they're evil. I know. And well, now I'm just kidding. If you're listening to this, you probably didn't know. You probably didn't know that that's what I was going to use. I know, but it it was too easy for people to get bullied on there. It was crazy. And my middle school was just the worst place ever. Like we had a burn book, like in Mean Girls, where people would just talk crap. I don't know. Our middle school had something actually wrong with it. Um, And people would have these like huge Ask FM sites where they would like list the top 10 hottest girls on campus. And as a seventh grader, that is traumatizing. That is, that's trauma right there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. So backing up a little bit, if you can give us just like a very quick or very, very long rundown of who you are and how you came to be. We don't have to start with your conception night. We can start like a little bit after that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I was born in Bay Area, California. I've lived there my entire life. Um, I have no siblings. I'm an only child, which I like cannot deal with conflict for the life of me. Like people can't make fun of me for fun because I I will crumble. Like I cannot. You're like deal with I it. had no one to like prime me for this none I mean like if someone makes fun of me one time I think about it for three days after and now my friends know that so they don't do it but they're nice they're nice people (laughs) yeah and I grew up I had a lot of really close friends growing up I have two lovely parents who I'm very close to and are like incredibly supportive and kind and I think especially within the Asian community um there's like so much um weirdness around being close with your parents because they have like there's not only a generational gap, but there's also a cultural gap where they grew up in India and I grew up here. And that's really different. And middle school was awful. I hated middle school. I I wanted to shrink and crawl into a ball every day. I hated it. And then I ended up going like a little bit further away for high school. I went to like this private school in downtown San Jose and it was all girls. And everyone else who was there, like their parents sent them there to an all-girls school, but I really wanted to go to this school. Um, Everyone wore sweatpants and a big old bun every day. It was so fun. And I think like so much self-policing happens between the ages of 14 to 18 for young women. That's Um, good. There was no pressure to look a certain way or act a certain way. It was just like such a good high school experience. I loved it so much. And then now I'm at... Roland College of Engineering, which is a 300-person school, which is... I was going to say, tiny. Tiny college. I mean, people talk about, like, oh, you see your ex on your college campus. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, we live next door to each other. Yeah, that no, that's, like, an actual reality. That's happened to me. And you can hear things, and you can see things, and it's... I I think I had to grow up a lot in college very fast. I had a really bad breakup my freshman year that just, like, ruined me um, because I saw this person, like, every day all the time. Uh, Now it's fine. But, like, as an 18-year-old, when you're just trying to figure yourself out, and then after a year and a half, COVID hit. So it was hard to kind of then be like, okay, I'm getting college snatched away from me. But I think Mm. in a lot of very privileged ways, COVID was good for me because I kind of got to be alone and I don't know if you feel this way, but like being alone makes you grow up in different ways. Like you getting comfortable alone is like getting mature. I I think those are really directly correlated. I think that there's a quote. I read a book. uh, I believe it was by theologian Henry Nowen. And I think that it goes solitude is like the furnace for maturity. And it's kind of like whenever you're alone, it can go a couple of different directions, obviously. Like, there's the mental health aspect. There's, you know, the, the however your emotional interior, your spirituality, your emotional life works. But it's so important, first of all, to be alone. Uh, because, like, having outside influence, if you're not you, you're everyone else. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it, I think everyone really struggled. Not struggled, but everyone encountered that solitude during quarantine or like during COVID in general. Yeah. Especially like going through a breakup, which like mm-hmm. I did as well, yeah. a breakup amongst, which I feel like we're a really special breed, you <laughs> know, like this is going to be our trauma with like our grandkids. Cause you know, like every generation has their like tick 
Like, mm-hmm. people from, like, grandparents that, like, lived in the Great Depression, like, they hoard food or, like, they hoard, you know, whatever because they're, like, you know, scared that they're going to go without. And we're, like, actually, we just have, like, emotional trauma. Um, We, like, had, like, really, uh, really hard breakups and, like, we had to be isolated and, like, be by ourselves. Um, You and I are both re- uh, readers, I would mm-hmm. say, which everyone, I guess, is technically a reader. But adamantly um actually literally my laptop is stacked on an entire like a huge stack of books um which how professional you know (laughs) we do what we can i'm sure from all of your content have dove into a lot of astute and cool like books and cool podcasts and and things uh that i'm assuming really aided your healing um, because you have helped so many other people heal and be enlightened through knowledge um, that you are just echoing, you know, and that you're filtering, echoing, filtering, echoing. What are a couple of the books or podcasts or resources that, or it could even be people that you, that you feel like you learned from? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to tell you a story before I answer the question, though. I want the story. And that is, I didn't think anything was helping. After you go through a breakup, you are diving into any material that you think is going to help. You're like, okay, you know what? I'm a smart person, and I'm going to read my way out of this. I'm going to listen to podcasts my way out of this. Oh, 100%. And it doesn't work. And then you get mad at yourself. You're like, my logical brain is getting there, but my heart isn't. And what the is up with that Uh like it's really so infuriating and that was such a big step for me where I was like I'm usually able to get out of things with my brain like I've that's been my whole life I'm smart enough where I can solve problems by reading about them and suddenly I'm facing a breakup that I just can't get over like no matter what I do I'm journaling I'm meditating I'm reading I'm talking to my friends I'm doing all the things that everyone says you're supposed to do and I'm not getting over this. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it was just insane. I felt like so stupid all the time because logically my brain was starting to get there. Like, you don't want someone who doesn't want you. I'm like telling myself all the mantras, not getting there, not getting there. And the secret is time because one day I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm over it. I'm done. Isn't that annoying? Which I will say as the living scholar and prophet, Miss Taylor Swift says, yes. time wondrous time yes cutting me open and healing me fine yeah which you don't that's the thing is like you hear a song or you hear an album or you read a book and you're just like oh yeah so true until you actually have to apply that experiential knowledge and like let it be deposited into your emotional interior and then you're kind of like Oh, and I also think that that's very much, um, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit older than you, but I am married between, you know, Gen Z and millennial, but I definitely think that it is a Gen Z thing because you guys have had so much access to knowledge and resources since you can remember, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, oh, you, the world is your library. You have all of the resources and guess what? It doesn't matter because humans' hearts have not changed since the beginning of time. You know, everything that Shakespeare says is still applicable today in terms of emotions, you know? Like, Romeo and Juliet, there's a reason why it is, you know, this, like, widely known piece of literature is because most people, if you are, I will also say, if you are lucky enough to intersect with those kind of feelings in your life, 
you realize that they're not something that you want to get past. You want to heal and grow from them. You don't just want to get over them because like, oh, here's self-help. Here's like six journal prompts for you to get through it. You know? Yeah. I complete, uh, Taylor Swift. Like when you're asking about media I use to get over the breakup with Taylor Swift. Folklore, trauma. Folklore, trauma. Evermore. Even going back and like Last Kiss is such a good song. And we don't talk about like Mm-mm. Last Kiss and I'm Dear John. That, oh that, 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 oh no. When, whenever the re-release of that comes out, no, it's over. Like It's over. I really want to start this thing. I was talking to my friend Mackenzie. Her and I were having uh, dinner the other night, and we were talking about Valentine's Day. And she is, you know, God bless her. She's in a healthy, reciprocal relationship with a guy who also loves Taylor Swift. So, you know, some men get, some men get, get rights. Um, <laughs> and we were like, you know what we should do? We should create, like, a PowerPoint presentation night with, like, wine and, like, every girl gets to go up and, like, correlate their, like, exes with, like, Taylor Swift eras. I have songs. done this. I have literally. Shut up. Have no, I ready? have. No, you're lying because I've done this. I haven't done it with eras. I've done it with certain songs and which, like, and you're what like, point my life why. it reminds me of. This is why. This is why he meant. And, like, how did yes. Taylor know this? Like, this was, ab- which, like, just yes. goes to, to talk about. I mean, Taylor Swift is a personal hero of mine yes i think being a girl it's it's never been cool to like really like love a certain celebrity or like really love a certain band you know like fangirl culture since the beatles really has been so uh so made fun of and like so belittled but i really just think it's because girls predominantly like 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 a certain type of uh band or like a certain person which I know that there's literature on that and research about like how it's just like a tool of the patriarchy to like belittle women and like yeah. make us feel like less. Young women um, have no cultural capital. None. No. Like, people don't think they're capable of critical thought. And it's no. infuriating. Or like the fact that like we like something just for the sheer fact that we like it. Like delight deficiency is so potent in our culture. Like I think that I, I, I've probably mentioned this before somewhere on the internet, but like there's a couple of pillars in terms of like actual researched contentment. And one of them is co- human connection. One of them is purpose. And then another one of them is like simple delight. Like it's fun. Like, so humans actually have to have fun in order to be not happy. Okay. Like, the bare minimum is that, like, once you're an adult, like, even though you were a kid that used to play on the playground, adults have to have playgrounds, too. We have to have time where we are not achieving or we are not doing. We are just being. And, like, we are existing and, like, enjoying life, whether that's, you know, like, through a food or through an activity or through talks with a friend or, like, through scrolling through Taylor Swift TikTok or, like, whatever it is. It's just, it's so, so interesting to me. And things don't need to be labeled as, like, basic or superficial if women no. like them. I mean, fantasy football is not labeled as basic. Oh, don't even get me started. Okay, so guys are allowed to, like, fling balls around a field, and, like, it's, like, a billion-dollar industry, but I am not allowed, you know, a girlie's not allowed to, like, BTS and, like, have a poster on the wall. Yeah, or I'm not allowed to ask you what your favorite blush is without it being, like, oh, they're so, girls Such are a girly so thing. superficial, and they just only care about the way they look, like. Which, like, huh, I wonder why we care about the way that I we know. look. I know. Have you heard um, the poem Pretty, Bo- Pretty Bird? 
No. It's I'm gonna send it to you after this. Okay, I'm also I will say I am wearing <gasps> Oh my birds. god. She's wearing because, a sweater with birds. Oh, that's so because cute. Because cageless and you know what? I actually thought, speaking of like internal misogyny and shame and like girls not being allowed to like things, when I was getting dressed this morning, I had a really hard day yesterday. And I have since, since I've like started my like, I guess you would call it like healing journey, which is silly because like I hope that everyone's healing every single day. But since I have intentionally chosen to love myself, get to know myself, date myself um, within the past couple of years, I have started like not letting that little voice dictate my decisions. And like I said, I had a really bad day yesterday and I was like, Friday's like a great day. Friday's the last day of the week. I'm going to just like, I'm going to go get myself a coffee because I love myself and I'm going to wear my bird sweatshirt because it's lame. I, I don't care that it's lame though. I like it. I and love it's cute. it. And it doesn't matter if I look like a grandma or like the world doesn't think that I like whatever the world thinks. I, I just don't care. It makes me happy. Yeah. I, I'm so, so. happy. For, I, it's like crazy because I came to this engineering college, which is, it is gender split, which is really lovely, but it is very like technical and people don't get ready. And I, I love wearing makeup and I love dressing pretty hyper feminine and all those things. Mm. And when I first got here, I was so insecure about that. I was like, okay, no, like I'm a cool girl. And I don't really need to spend time doing my hair in the morning. And I don't need to, because it's not important. Like, I was like, I'm not going to do my nails. Because, um, you know, they're going to get dirty. It doesn't matter. Well, the, the thing, right. And also the thing is, is like, oh, if I don't do my nails, then that makes me somewhat more respectable because I'm more living in the masculine. And like, yeah. men don't have to care about their nails because that's not how they're respected. It's yeah. in accordance to the way that they think. And it's like, oh, okay, it's going to make me a better engineer if I don't have lip gloss on. And it's not. The thing is, you know what? She I said it. I can be freaking brilliant and do well in my linear algebra class and have a really good smoky eyeliner. I can do both things. You can be both and. And here's the deal. I also, if we can just, if we can just take a moment of silence for Miss L. Woods <laughs> and the way that she is the pink print for all women who have any sort of intellectual capability as well as love doing the bend and snap. You know what I mean? Like you can be both and. You are allowed to exist in a realm of femininity and intelligence. And I don't, I really don't think, um, like I said, I'm at a really interesting intersection in generations that I have dated men who are like just in even just I mean in terms socially but also in terms in romantic uh the romantic landscape I have dated men who are older than me and I've also dated boys more like my age mm -hmm. and the way that you the perception there you you and I were talking before this interview started of just like how shocked men are even to this day in 2022 that whenever a woman shows up and she shows up for herself and then she exerts some sort of, it doesn't even have to be like ridiculously mind-blowing intelligent. Mm -hmm. If she shows up with any formed thought and is attractive to the man, they're shocked. It's they are crazy. genuinely shocked. And I know that this also comes from a place of like, you know, cultural pretty privilege, but beauty looks different in different cultures, right? Mm -hmm. Like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. 
no matter like, you know, like the whole phrase of like, if you're like the ripest, juiciest orange, there's still going to be people that like apples more or like whatever. You can be the ripest orange, pear, banana, all of these things. And men, straight men, in my personal lived experience, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter how beautiful you are. I I think that uh, there's some sort of statistic that I will have to, that I'll have to look up, but it's like, men the higher the higher a woman's iq goes up the less likely she is to find a husband mm-hmm. right like a, per, a like permanent spouse the higher a man's iq goes up the more he mm-hmm. is likely to find a permanent spouse which i really just think i mean it it just attests to how much power the patriarchy has and how much uh insecurity is still embedded in men in general Totally. I mean, we, yeah, we were talking about this before. And I think like, I, I love when someone will compliment my brain and be like, oh, that was such a smart thought, whatever. But like, I will say the most not smart thing. I'll, I'll say something so just like bare minimum cognizant of what's happening in the world around me. And a guy will be like, wow, I've never, I've never heard a woman say something like that before. Maybe you should open your ears. Maybe you should talk to a woman ever. Cause all the women I know are really smart. Like, and you say talk, you say talk, maybe listen. Yeah. Maybe listen for once. Oh my God. It's yeah. <laughs> it's so disappointing also because oh, I have to tell you the story. My friend recently did medical ketamine as part of a test study and she like got high later. She came home and we were all like, oh my God, what, what did you think when you were on it? And she was like, I figured out the meaning of life. It's to be smart and sexy. And, and I think she might've said that as a joke, but it's all I've been thinking about. Because I like that new rule for myself. I like that motto. It's just to be smart and sexy. And I think I can do that. And I think every woman I know can do that. Right. And the thing is, is being smart and being sexy doesn't negate you. It doesn't, it doesn't keep you away from any other, any other things. But Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, we think about these pillars of women in media, which, you know, in, in any aspect, any, no, no person, no character is perfect, but you look at like the Elle Woods, you look at like Samantha Jones, you look at these like very, these very high achieving, beautiful women who what's, what's like their, what's like the, what's like the common denominator. They love themselves Mm -hmm. and like, they are not performing for anyone, but them. And I have noticed, especially in dating, but not even just in dating in friendships too, in, in colleagues and peers, that the higher that you hold yourself, the higher people will jump or they won't. Men, whenever like I like metaphorically like stand up straight, they either stand up straight with me or they walk out the door. And as soon as you have healed your inner, your inner attachments, your inner wounds, your not pick me mentality, but have you read attached? I have, of course. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in, in, in like attachment theory terms, you know, like when you are moving more towards secure, you're going to attract people that are also more secure. And isn't that beautiful? Right. It's like, it takes two healthy people to have a healthy relationship. And, and I would never be, uh, I, I don't regret any of, of the relationships that I've had. I regret some of the choices that I've made in them. But in, in, in your opinion, how, how have you pivoted from that, this one like pivotal heartbreak that you've had and like moved on, you know? 
I think this is a great question. I, I could talk about this literally for hours, and I'm so glad to be talking about it with you because I think we have very similar takes on it. But I, for me, it wasn't even like a secure attachment style because I hadn't read attached till very recently. For me, it was genuinely loving being by myself so much that it felt like any time I spent with a guy or with someone else, they were taking away from my alone time. So they had mm. to be worth that. They yeah. couldn't just be a, like a random distraction because I could do that to myself. If I want to be alone and distracted, I'll put on a TV show. Like I don't mm-hmm. need another presence there. And you and, have great taste. So it's like and what I, and you, I, you know, I probably yeah. have better taste than most guys. Like I want to watch probably. the same show four times and I could do that if I'm alone. Yeah. Um, so it was like, are you worth my time? And that's going to sound so cocky. But, I, but that's it. It doesn't. It's it's, not. It sure just doesn't. It really, and I, I've been talking about this with my friend a lot because she just went through a breakup and she's been feeling very replaced recently. She's been feeling like, I see him moving on. He's with other girls. I see it on Instagram. I'm like figuring out which girl's elbow is in his Instagram story. And I, and we've been there. Like no judgment. I have been there. I kind of think that there should be, you know how that like Apple has created a, uh, like a timer for like in like keeps up with the metrics of how much time you spend or like it'll like kick you off an app i think apple hear me out you should create some sort you listen big brother's always listening Mm -hmm. i see the instagram ads you give me so why don't you give me like an alert every time that i try to go look at homeboy's new girl give me an alert be like hey are you sure? <laughs> and the thing is, and you know, in the real world, if you met that girl, you guys would be good friends. And oh, she would be time. awesome. Every, every freaking time. Yes. Yeah. So, and she's like, I, like, he's replacing me. He's doing everything with her. They used to do with me. Very deja vu, Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. all been there. And I used to take that so hard because I used to think anytime someone was moving on from me in any way, like, that's it. I'm done. But recently I've started thinking about it like you have so many friends you have so many girlfriends and none of your two girlfriends are the same like you go Mm -hmm. to one if you need like advice on one shirt you go to one if you're like having a bad like they all hold different beautiful spaces in your heart and that doesn't lessen your love for one of them and I've been thinking about it as like okay I had this beautiful relationship with this person and now they're with someone else and they're and she's great and you know she's smart and she's beautiful and there's gonna be so many smart and beautiful women he's gonna move on with and we're all going to be different. And like, I'm going to bring my own things to the table. She's going to bring her own things to the table. And one day someone's going to date me and be like, this is all of the things on the table that I want. Right. And just the right, right amounts. Right. And, and knowing that, like uh, going back to like attachment theory, knowing that like you are secure, you are not complete regardless of what every other love song has told us since the beginning of time, every other fairy tale a man does not complete you. A romantic relationship does not make you 100% ever. It is ever, the cherry right? on the cake. And the cake isn't even necessary. It's a dessert. No. It's not even the main course. No. I had a friend tell me the other day that I believe it was her mom that put it this way that picture your life as like, picture your life as a table. And you have all of these different courses at the table. You have all of these different people. You're not going to, like you were saying, you're not going to ask one person, I need this like certain dessert, right? Mm -hmm. If they're like really good at steak, you can, you like go to different restaurants. Like you're, I would hope that you don't go to like a pizza restaurant and order a lobster because that lobster is probably going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. You don't go to, to people and ask for the same output. You are allowed, as you were saying, you are allowed to have people that, that fulfill different parts of you 
And when it comes to dating, relationships, marriage, if that's what a person is is aiming towards, you're first of all to 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 ask someone to be able to be like a chef of all trades is unrealistic mm-hmm. because guess what? You aren't. Whenever you decentralize someone, you can appreciate what they actually are. You and know what I mean? You're taking them off a pedestal because that's not even fair to it's them. It's idolization. It's yeah. absolute idolization. It's cr- and I want to tell everyone, and this is again not cocky, but objectively, no one is you. Like you are mm-hmm. you, and someone else is someone else. And there's always going to be people out there who you think are sexier or smarter, or smarter or funnier. But no one is you, and no one no. is you with all your little quirks and like the little funny things you say. Like you're objectively you, and like that's yeah. not a cocky thing. I just think if we all come to terms with that. Like, we're good. And if someone isn't looking for this, and so, like, if someone's type isn't me and is someone else, they should go find that other person. Like, who right. am I to keep them from that? And who yeah. are they to keep me from finding my person? Like, right. I don't want to hold, like, I think abundance mentality is the future. I don't want to hold on oh to my things gosh, yes. so tightly anymore. I want to, I want to hold no. them very gracefully. And if they stay, then awesome. And I'm so yes. happy to hold it. But if they're well, try to leave my arms, like, do go. I've been learning that because this is my first week in the ceramic studio. That's a new thing I'm doing. But it's mm-hmm. really taught me about the art of detachment because you make a piece and sometimes there's an air pocket or it's a little off center and it throws the whole thing mm-hmm. off and you got to crumple up that clay, put it in the slot bin and grab a new one. Yes. And, and you loved that piece of clay because you put in 30 minutes to try to make it perfect. But it, yeah. it didn't work out, and that's okay. You put it in the slot bin, right. you grab some new clay, and you work with that clay. I mean, you have to put yeah. in work for this clay, and you have to put in mm-hmm. love and time, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. And it's especially not going to work out if you don't put in that love and work and time. So you still got to right. put that in. Right. It, it may not work out, and that's okay. And it is okay. And I think whenever you have that, like, sh- that sure being in, in the center of yourself of, like, this is who I am, this is who I show up as – you don't compare yourself and you don't compare anything of like the one of my favorite bands. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're called the main, but they have a phrase or they have a lyric in a song that has stuck with me like up to this day that goes, uh, control what you can and confront what you can't. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, is there is so little that you can control, but you can confront everything. You can literally confront and dissect everything, which is one of the reasons why I love your videos so much is that you uh, you refuse to just like be spoon fed information or be spoon fed rules. So what are if you could give me, let's say, in dating relationships, Mm -hmm. what is one thing that you feel like you've had to learn the hard way? Learn the hard way. Um, I sometimes self-sabotage or I won't like let myself just be happy because I'll worry about all the ways things can go wrong Mm. right and i i'm so convinced like okay i can't get too happy always it's gonna hurt more when this ends or if this ends but when this ends Mm. and again that's the whole thing with detachment where you just have to be like okay if if this person does something bad to me if they do cheat on me if they do hurt me you know i can't control what they do but if they do hurt me i have to trust in myself that i will walk away You know, Mm. it's all about what I can do because I'm never going to be able to control this other person. And if I worry about trying to control this other person, I'm going to go crazy because I'm never going to get there. Like you can never guarantee that someone's not going to cheat on you. No. And that sucks because it would be nice to get a signed piece of paper like saying I'm never going to cheat on you. Which even in marriage, it's like people still cheat. Like humans get to do whatever that they, they want to do. 
And the more you worry about trying to control someone else, the more you're going to drive yourself crazy, right? And you cannot, you cannot love someone into not breaking up with you. You can't love someone into people can only meet you where they're at. People can only meet you where they're at. You cannot like you cannot date someone's potential. You can't be like, well, if Ooh, come if on. they grew up mm. and if they figured out that I'm the love of their life, then they're not gonna. No, no, no. no. You're the love of your own life. Yeah, and like at the end of the day, there's enough people who have done the growing up already. <laughs> like, date them instead. Go date right? them instead. Yes. Right. You have talked several times about your friends. What does love look like outside of romantic relationships? For you, um, my greatest romances are my friendships. Um, just hands down, I have undoubtedly the best friends in the whole world. Like <laughs> objectively, the best people in the entire world are my friends. I will take this to the grave with me. They are my people. Like I, I'm so convinced we are connected to each other spiritually and with our souls, and they're just the best people ever. Like so many times, people ask me, "How do I make friends?" And I don't even know how to answer that because I think you just have to be nice to people and make one friend. Like, I don't think you need to make these large, huge groups of friends. I think you need to make one friend who is your ride or die person. And that's okay. Like, everyone just needs to be making one friend and they're good. I mean, I don't buy into like, you need to have a big girl gang and you need to have um, like each relationship in that girl gang is like the same. I just, I think that's not sustainable, honestly. Adults are actually like on a on a measured research level, adults are not capable of maintaining more than 10 close relationships at a time. Yes. Or maybe it's nine, nine or 10. I'll have to look that up. So but it makes a lot know. of sense, yeah. especially I think um, in, in college, it is very easy to have this idea of like the college experience, sororities or clubs or whatever. And you're like, I need to be best friends with everyone. And I really fell victim to that. I, I had a really great group of friends in college. There was like eight of us. It was really easy to all be close friends because we were all in the same classes. Mm -hmm. Some of them like lived together. We were always together. And that, that was awesome. That was great. It's, it's, it's not sad because we aren't, we've all grown up and like we've, we are all on different sides of the country, different parts of the world. Doesn't mean that our relationship is gone anywhere. It's just like at that point of time, that was sustainable. And like, if what is sustainable for you in college or high school or whatever is like having one good friend, you would rather have, you know, a dollar than a hundred pennies. Because guess what? Your hands are, you're not going to be able to hold all of the pennies and then one of them's going to drop. And then that one actually didn't, I don't know where that one went. And it's, it's just not sustainable. And it keeps you from like loving yourself, from being connected to your higher power, from being connected to your family, from being connected to other things. And like, I want everyone to be able to reevaluate the relationships in their life. Like you don't need to stay friends with someone just because you've been friends with them for a long time. Or because you live next to them or you grew mm -hmm. up next to them or your parents were friends with them or you go to the same church or the same school or whatever. You don't, you are not obligated to be anyone's friend ever. And especially if they make sacred. you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think friendships are such a beautiful, sacred thing. Like, you're you're giving your family and your romantic partner. Society kind of, like, makes you do that and makes you choose that in a weird way. Your friendships are sacred. They're just people you want to be around. Yeah. Like, you get to just choose people you want to be around. And how cool is that? And yes. like, And those should be people you actually want to be around. And, like, yes. they should be, like, the most uplifting people in your life. Like, 
you should not have toxic friend problems. I think that should be reserved for other relationships. Like, you should get to choose your friends as, like, these people you find as good people. And I think once you've figured that part of your life out, like, these are the two, I think, main keys. Figuring out your relationship with yourself and figuring out a couple people in your life you can call friends. And then you're good. You're set. Yes, it is all about your sphere of influence because you are who you hang out with. So you might as well make who you hang out with great. And you are, you don't have to cut people out of your life, but you do have to cut them out of your influential mind. Don't spend time with people that don't make you, and I don't want to say make you feel good because that can be taken in a completely different direction, but like people that genuinely always make you feel bad after you hang out with them or while you're hanging out with them, stop hanging. Yeah, I know. I, I, I want this on t This is your permission. This is your permission slip. Stop. Yeah. And it will, I, it might hurt, but it will be better for you in the long run. Like this yeah. goes for any relationship. I think how you feel after you hang out with someone says a lot. Not oh, before, 100%. but after. Like before yeah. you want to eat like a really big cake, you feel really excited about the cake. But sometimes after you're like, right. whoa, I feel a little uneasy. Like I ate too much of that. Like, yes. that's what relationships are. Like, sometimes before you go see a shitty guy, you're all excited. You're like, you have butterflies. Mm. And then after you're crying on the way home, like, why did I do that? And that's how you know. Right. Yeah. That is that is such a good, like, b- parameter of, like, healthy and unhealthy. Because it's the same way with, like, uh, working out. Mm-hmm. Or, like, going to do doing things that, like, don't necessarily are super, like, appetizing in theory, because it kind of like, I do think that there are forms of discipline that are love and like are care for yourself, which we live in a culture that's all about feeling good all of the time. You know, the dopamine is needs to always be high. We're always achieving. We always want to be the best. We always want to be good. But it's the biggest cliche of all time that like you only know what is good whenever you have felt the bad. Um, oh, my goodness. I, I loved this conversation. Me too. Um, I love you. I am, I love you. I am so excited to see, just like getting to watch the trajectory of like you being able, you being able to talk about hard things, talk about things that you're learning and like really dissecting loudly and like questioning loudly because I believe that, that knowledge is freedom and like being able to implement experiential knowledge is it gives hope to a lot of people. So thank you for sharing your voice, for existing. I I would love for our audience to know where they can find you online. If you want to share a little bit about a little bit about what you're doing online, a little bit about where we can find you. Totally. I can be found on TikTok at M-A-A-L-T-O-K-S. It's like Mall Talks. Everyone calls me Mall. I thought it was like a fun play on words. My Instagram is linked there. I post some selfies, some poetry. Um, I'm excited to like see new faces. And like podcasting is weird because you go, don't get actually see the people you talk to. But like right. Jen is the freaking best and I'm so glad you have a podcast um I just think you're gonna freaking kill it I'm so you are excited too to kind see. you are much too kind yeah um okay and then last question for you today what is one thing that you would tell your 10 year old self today my 10 year old self I would give her a big kiss and I would tell her 
abundance mentality. I would tell her, don't hold on to things too tightly. Things work out for you. So wise. Malvika, we love you. And I will link down below all of her socials, where you can find her, where you can connect with her. And we will see you next time on the Cageless Podcast. Bye. If you learned anything or enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate and review our show. I would love nothing more than to hear your thoughts and topics that you're excited to dig deeper into. Tag me on TikTok, shoot me a message on Instagram. They're linked in the show notes. And don't forget to be kind to yourself today.